Oh, they just pull you right back, don't they? They do it every time. And you think, you think you're out. You tell yourself you're out. You tell other people you're out. And they pull you right back in. I am no different. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates, but neither of those will sound anywhere near as upbeat as this one. Yes, upbeat. Penguins 3, Rangers 2 in overtime. Chris Letang with the dagger on a 4-on-3 power play that was earned by Evgeny Malkin, who was the best player on the rink for either side. Sidney Crosby had a couple of assists. Gino had a couple of assists. Some of these names sound pretty familiar, right? Jason Zucker had a goal, speaking of familiar. There was a lot, and I mean a lot, to like about this game. I know there's still going to be some emotions and so forth about Vince Trocek hitting Geno from behind and the Rangers scoring off the rush, and it reminded everybody of all the evil things that Jacob Truba had done in the previous playoff and everything else. But once you step back from it, once you look at the bigger picture, Look at all 60 minutes and change. You will see that this team handled itself about as well as it had over the course of a full game since, right, December 22 against the Rangers. Now, go ahead and scoff at the idea of a full game with how the Rangers came out and really took over for the first half of the third period. But I... I thought that was way more about New York and their forecheck and the Penguins not having much of an answer for it. But at the same time, I didn't see the Penguins like starting to fall into bad habits or lapsing off or getting lazy. That's the stuff that had been afflicting them before. And I didn't see that in this one. It actually is possible, believe it or not, from the myopic prism in which everybody falls uh, when they're watching one team and focusing on one team for the other team to be really good. And I thought the Rangers were in the third. But guess what? For as good as the Rangers were, all they got out of it was one goal that was gifted to them by the inaction of referees. And oh yeah, that's it. As collapses go, I'll definitely take that one. And I'll take that general effort every time. I asked Zucker after this game if maybe the Penguins wouldn't just be better off facing the Rangers all the time. Do you almost, you guys almost need games like this? You know, absolutely. There's been, some, yeah. there's been some that have obviously been tougher to get up for. Uh, well, this time of year shouldn't be that tough, and, right. and uh, I mean, especially against these guys. You know, any any uh, rival of ours. I mean, this is playoff hockey down the stretch, no matter who we play now, and and uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. Did it feel good to have guys sticking up for each other out there? It was great. Yeah, it was great. I didn't do much out there, but, uh, you know, I thought uh, overall, I mean, the guys played great. It was a good game for us, huge win. We got to, uh, you know, start gaining some confidence, building it here, and and, uh, keep pushing. You know, it's funny. I'm going to confess to something here. I have tried, and I think we've talked about this on the show, now three different times to ask Zucker what it's like 
to appear to be the only invested player at certain points in the season. And he never bites, never bites, always, always catches on to what I'm doing and then comes back with something that's just, I I love this team. I love everybody. I love everything. We're a great team. Everybody's doing their best. He just cannot accept any kind of individual praise for the extraordinary effort that he's put forth this year. But you know what? That's okay, too, because the other key participants, not just the core guys, not just the familiar names, have stepped up. Jake Gensel has looked a lot more dangerous of late, right? Including the big screen. And I say big screen in a, in a humorous vein, as he's the, the smallest net front presence in franchise history, but he still did the screen really well on Yaroslav Halak on the winner and also on Ricard Raquel's icebreaker in the first period that was on a five on three. Raquel had a big goal. Raquel's done really well. Raquel just, you can just move him all over the place and it doesn't matter. He still finds a way to drive offense. And you know, you can get into individual performances right up and down the lineup, good and bad. And there were a couple that were bad, also the usual names. But here's the thing. Last nine games, this team is 7-1-1. One, and one. And we can all quibble about this or that or the first period against Columbus or falling apart against the Islanders for the millionth time in the third period. But they're still 7-1-1. One, and one. They've played nine games with a maximum of 18 points in those games, and they've come away with 15 of them. That is a pretty healthy reaction to being in an actual playoff race. And if it sounds like I'm changing my general tone about the team here, maybe I am. We'll see how this week goes. We'll see how the week goes after that. The idea is to react to real things as opposed to just coming up with a stance and sticking to it stubbornly. If the team gets better, you talk about the team getting better. I feel like if you set aside what happened against the Islanders the other night, and if you set aside that first period against the Blue Jackets, that this team is beginning and only beginning to play the way it needs to, to not only make the playoffs, but to be competitive within them. That's not predicting getting past the first round, especially not if they get Boston or anything like that. Nowhere near ready to have that discussion. But they do need to progress, and they need to progress specifically in the area of defending. I thought their defending in the defensive zone yesterday against the Rangers was the best I'd seen it in two or three months. Now, before we go to break, I feel it's important to acknowledge that one of the reasons that I felt that way about their defending inside the defensive zone was that Dmitry Kulikov was really, really good. And then he blocked a shot in the second period, and he was gone. And we don't know how long he's going to be gone for. So, you know, asterisk there. But overall... They committed and they executed in the defensive zone and made things happen. When we come back, J1Q. 
This segment's brought to you by Family Table, a local company that brings delicious food to busy families. They offer family-style complete meals or a la carte items like lean proteins, perfect for muscle building and weight loss. If you aren't local, gift cards are also available for your Pittsburgh-based family and friends. Go to FamilyTablePGH.com and use the code DK20 for 20% off and free delivery on your first order. We're by noon today for Thursday delivery. Today's J1Q comes from Jeff who asks, DK, when was the last time Tristan Jari actually won this team a game on his own? It's both annoying and alarming that he can't be relied on to shut the door. Jeff, this is fair. This is fair. I I appreciate the fact that you provided a little more context than just this game or just that game. Uh, Jari did win the game yesterday. 27 saves, 29 shots. Uh, If you look at the two goals that the Rangers got, one of them really I I don't think was his fault at all. Gino fell asleep uh, next to Barkley Goodrow. A couple other assignments were missed by Alex Nylander, Marcus Pedersen. But Goodrow just ended up shooting at the vacated half of the net. I mean, you know, that's how those go. The other one, uh, Chris Kreider's goal came after the missed call, and it was a three-on-two, and Jari decided a little bit late to come out and challenge Kreider, but Kreider's a 50-goal guy. Uh, He's going to put that where he wants to, and he really did with authority. I thought it was a good, if somewhat jittery and somewhat – um, ish performance. Is that a fair assessment in terms of his overall movements? He, he wasn't very convincing or authoritative, but again, he got the job done. He stayed in the game too. He's theoretically going to be ready and available for the next game. So count your blessings where they are. Uh, one thing that I thought was of value in particular after this game was hearing Mike Sullivan talk about Jari's performance. And I'll share that with you here. I thought he was real solid. You know, it was a, you know, one goal game all, all night long. Uh, he made some key saves for us. It should give him a, a big boost of confidence. You know, as I said to you guys here all along, he hasn't had a lot of opportunity to be on the ice. So this is a little bit of a work in progress for him. And, uh, you know, we had a couple of good practices uh, the last couple of days with uh, with Andy uh, Kyoto, our goalie coach. Um, you know, that was that was one of the reasons why we made the decision the way we did to play Case yesterday and and give, give Tristan maybe another opportunity. Uh, you know, to to get some reps in practice um, just because he hasn't had that many of them. So I, I thought he took a big step tonight. He's you know, he, when he's on his game, he's, he, in my mind, he's as good as there is in the league. Uh, we believe in him. He's a terrific goalie. I thought he took a big step tonight. See, that's part of what Sullivan was telling me the previous week when I brought up Jari's inconsistencies, and he mentioned the fact that he hasn't gotten into any kind of regular practice routine, and he went out of his way, and this was not known before, uh, to stress that he and Andy Kyoto, the goaltending coach, agreed jointly that Casey DeSmith would start Saturday against the Flyers just so that Jari could get another day 
of just seeing some pucks, seeing some shots, getting more comfortable in his movements, getting rid of some of that ish that I'm describing. I don't know that all the ish is gone. I don't think it is. I don't know which goalie I would turn to next, whether it's tomorrow night against the Canadians who really give the Penguins trouble or saving him for one or both of the games at Madison Square Garden later in the week. I don't envy the coaches, whether it's Kyoto or Sullivan or any of them, in the decisions that they've got to make this week. But here again, like the team itself, what you want to see is progress. And I think there's been progress on almost all fronts. Almost. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.